WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. Hello and welcome to a little bit of a bridged version of game day here. Garrett Franks alongside Will Miller. Will, how are we doing this morning? Uh, sorry, I'm late. Still feeling good this morning. Uh, it's Saturday, which you can never really go wrong with that. And so I'm just uh, excited for the weekend. I mean, I have to ask because obviously, you know, you're wearing your Braves hat. I have to ask because I watched a little bit of last time and I'm not a big baseball guy. But how did you feel about that Phillies game last night? Just real quick before we get into the football stuff. Radon looked, I mean, Radon looked incredible. I believe I'm saying Justin Radon, the um, catcher for the Phillies. I, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Well, I thought that I, w- I want to focus on just what the Astros did to choke that 5 nothing lead mm-hmm. because the Astros, you probably are familiar with the fact the Astros are known cheaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so to watch them do that last night was fantastic. I thought that the Phillies just showed a lot of resiliency. JT Real Muto, the Philly catcher, is the best catcher in baseball offensively. And so a lot of fans like to say that catcher is just a position that any offense you get is bonus. And that's, I mean, JT is an all-star hitter. Mm-hmm. So my thought was it didn't surprise me to see him get in on the fun. Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins have kind of been doing it all from the hit and home run standpoint. But mm-hmm. I would just say overall seeing a group of known cheaters who tend to fatigue baseball fans by being in the World Series every year losing by choking a 5 nothing lead was satisfying to see. Well, I have to ask, you know, you, you talk a lot of baseball. What, what What's your time again? What day do you go on student section to where people can hear you talk with our other, um, other members of our station? Yeah, myself, Luke, and Carson are on student section at 7 to 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights. Awesome. Yeah. Once again, tune in for that. And then once <clears throat> baseball season ends, that will switch over to something else, which we need to probably talk about. But anyways, we're going to get into a little bit of coach speak here. Switching it up on you, Will. We're not going to go around the games nation. We'll go to coach speak first. And I kind of want to talk about a situation that's been on my heart as of late. So Iowa obviously has been just sickos football content. It's just been awful, awful football. But I kind of want to talk about something Kirk France said in the um in the post game presser and as a student journalist as someone who's studying journalism it kind of it irked me it irked me and it it's something that i think usually fans rally around a coach when they do this but i think i'm seeing the opposite effect here to where it just kind of came off as mean so what am i talking about so obviously i was not had a great season and that especially being kirk france the head coach his son is the offense coordinator well after the um they had their little midweek presser you know wednesday or thursday and he came up there and was complaining about how the team was getting covered he was saying he walked up there and talked about how proud he was how his guys handled the media and how at times it felt like a um how he said a um he he was being interrogated up on the stand which is just funny to me when you make that much money i don't think you can really be interrogated but anyway he was your job security is rock solid yeah and you know he was just complaining about that but anyway one thing that he said was you know he was like you know i look at my life and i'm happy and i could be the other guy you know, I could be that other person, do what he does. Basically degrading journalist and saying that he's not a happy person and he just lives this miserable life because he's a journalist. I, well, I just need to get your thoughts because I'm sure you've seen it. I'm sure you've seen the blowback. Fans aren't happy with it. I, I want to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, being a, a journalist myself, I mean, I like my work. <laughs> my my job treats me better than I think a lot of jobs treat people and I'm, I'm happy in it. I enjoy my work. And I'm sure not everybody is. I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think that for Kurt Ferentz to try to deflect questions off and act like the other person is just a miserable, 
sad person. I don't know. I mean, ad hominem is not the correct term, but it just kind of feels like something yeah. like that. And it feels like he's just trying to deflect and defend himself in bad ways. No, yeah, I totally agree. I, it just is a bad look. And, you know, I, we, I was listening to um, I was listening to Bruce Feldman of The Athletic and Fox Sports. And, you know, he was talking, you know, what's a more likely case at this point right now? And we'll get into A&M in a bit because some other stuff happened this week with A&M. But, you know, what happens first? Does does Kirk Ferentz get get a new offense coordinator or does Jimbo give up play calling first? Jimbo will give up play calling first. He yeah. will. Kirk will not drop his son. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he would honestly sooner get fired from the job at Iowa than drop his son as offensive coordinator. See, I don't see him getting fired at Iowa. Though. I mean, he's been there for what? I mean, just as long as Saban's been at Bama. I mean, I don't. No longer. Longer. It's been like nearly 20 years. It's been since 1999. Yeah. I mean, that that's. That's yeah. That's twenty plus years. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of years. Basically, twenty five years by now that he's been the coach. I mean, our entire lives being a twenty one year old, you being I believe 19, I'm 20. 20, Yeah, I turned I mean, twenty on Tennessee game day. Oh, I'm sorry, but no. Anyway, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Anyway, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. a guy who's been there our entire life. College football has changed a lot since the day we were born. It's changed a lot, and I think these old guys. I've always liked Kirk Ferentz, honestly. You know, he's always just, in my opinion, just been a solid to good head coach. Nothing elite, but nothing bad. But man just like that's a bad look and usually like that usually when like coaches go after media you see what Saban like it feels like the coach's approval goes up all the way like coaches love it you know and the whole rat poison stuff came out fans loved that stuff but I'm you're getting for context yeah you're you're getting you're but you're getting a different response though and maybe because these Iowa fans are kind of like oh my gosh we're tired of our offense you know only producing 100 yards a game. <laughs> I'd be tired of it, too. I mean, it's a fair gripe that the fans have mm-hmm. to have an offense that just appears inept. I mean, there's no nicer way to put that. Yeah. And that has struggled against any opponent. You name them from, you know, being Ohio State, which is obviously one of the best teams in the country, all the way down to South Dakota State in the FCS. Mm-hmm. Although they should, they could probably be an FBS school with all this these new changes. <laughs> yeah, all these around, new changes, but, yeah. Than to an FCS team, and so to know that they're the one thing they're consistent at is sputtering. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that'd be frustrating. A stat I love to see: they average a whole yard less per play than the closest team in the in the Big Ten. Who is the other team? I believe it's Northwestern. I could be wrong. Wisconsin, That's I don't have or not Wisconsin or it could be. I think it's Wisconsin. Actually. I would have thought it was Wisconsin. I think That's it's Wisconsin. There. I was about to say Illinois, but Illinois has actually been pretty solid this year. I believe they're winning the um the big the Big Ten West right now. So I mean, good for, good for Illinois there or the East. I can't remember which ones they're they're in the Big Ten's a weird one. I can't I wait. Think it was Wisconsin. I will say I'm very I'm very happy that all these conference um, divisions are going away because like, can you really tell me who's in the ACC Coastal right now? I mean, Clemson is a coastal team. I Clemson. believe. Are they in the coast? I think they're in the coast. Exactly. Exactly. See, like the I feel like the the SEC. Oh, and six. Boston College is in the coastal. Boston College, <laughs> noted coastal team, Boston College. Yeah. <laughs> but Chestnut no, Hill, stand up. Chestnut Hill, yeah. But uh, another situation, and it seems like coaches and media have just been having a rough week this week together. Oh yeah. Well, we need to talk about the Jimbo situation. I'm sure you've been adjust. I'm sure you've heard about what happened. Yep. For those who at home that who have not heard what happened, um, they're gonna be the SEC Network game of the week, basically, where they play Ole Miss, and it's gonna be the seven o'clock kick. It's gonna be a really good Tickets game. Tickets are two dollars. Tickets are two dollars. Yeah, for <laughs> that may be honestly our Sico's game of the week, <laughs> but no, um, you're only two dollars, and so you should, if you're in the area, definitely go to watch. I don't know if high level SEC if we want to call that, just SEC football, I guess. But anyway, 
he had a um he had a talk he, he usually you know when you go there you do a um, production meeting with the um play-by-play guy and mm-hmm. that being um tom hart cole kublik and J- um james justin rod aaron rogers little brother jordan jordan rogers exactly mr bachelor himself um mr mark Barron took his head off yes oh gosh it's <laughs> if you know you know but basically like it's always like coaches always go and like sometimes the schedule gets adjusted but like coaches always do it like i've never heard of a situation where they don't do it jimbo canceled on him this week and jimbo's agent jimmy sexton is currently in town so a lot of moving pieces and tom hart just went on like fine bomb the other day and roasted tom, roasted him for missing it he's like i've never in my 20 plus years of doing broadcasting have seen this like what what, what do we think is going on jimbo what what do you like what do you think? I mean, obviously, you've seen that they're suspending ha- like a good amount of the freshmen this year for the whole season because of you know some issues with drug paraphernalia. Allegedly, in the lo- allegedly, in the allegedly, room. allegedly, allegedly. Yes, we have to um, preface it with allegedly. Yeah. We at ninety point seven FM, we do not know the details. Yeah, yeah, obviously, because we're staying liable proof because we were saying allegedly, and yep. we're yeah, but no. But for real, but honestly, like you know, what's what's the problem with Jimbo? You know, it seemed like this is a year full of promise. And then it just it sputtered out of control pretty quickly. Well, it's simple to me. I think the proposition is this. The wheels are coming off. I think that you can buy recruits all you want, but you can't buy things like intangibles. You can't buy things like team chemistry. You can't buy things like discipline. You know, the even football IQ on some level. I, I just think that Jimbo has failed to account for certain deficiencies in his program that are now rearing their ugly heads and being detrimental to this team and key ways that impact their ability to win or not win on the field yeah no i i fully agree i mean you know i i think we're kind of realizing how heavy the quarterback position is in college football and they don't have a quarterback they have weapons all around like i mean we saw that in person evan stewart i mean my goodness gracious like he's one of those players you look at and you're like okay two years you're about to be a millionaire from the nfl like you're about to have generational wealth but man like hayes king He's bad. Like he is just not a good quarterback. And he's won the job. Let let let's contextualize this for our listeners, Garrett. Haynes King, who all Alabama fans got the chance to see showcased either on TV or at Bryant Denny Stadium October eighth, has won the Texas A and M starting job two years in a row. He also won it last year. Let's remember Zach Calzada was the backup, and mm-hmm. Haynes got hurt. Yeah. So this is a guy that has won that competition two seasons in a row. He's been the A&M starting quarterback coming out of fall camp. So, I mean, it's not like they have better. Yeah. I mean, it's it's about to be sound, I'm about to sound like the most Ari Wasserman take ever. But, like, at this point, why don't you just throw the five-star freshman out there and just let him learn? Like, I think his name is um, Kyle Widener or whatever. Or Ki- That's it. I will look it, it's, that up. It's, regardless, he, he's a – you know, yeah. I mean, it's it's Connor something. Connor something. Um, but anyway, why don't you just let the why don't you just throw the freshman out there and let them cook and figure it out? You know, like, I, I just it's Connor Wagman Wagman. Yes. The five star number 15 on their team. I mean, you know, I, I just I don't understand why you don't let him go out there and just at least attempt a pass or two, like put him out there, let him go through a few drives, just, you know, because why not? I mean, I feel like we don't think Jimbo's going to get fired. I don't think anyone no. in the right mind. I mean, the buyouts at what is it? Eighty six million now. Eighty five. Eighty five. Oh, it went down today. OK, good. Thank goodness. But no, like. That's going to save A&M's butt. They got that $1 million yeah. if they exit they, the buyout lowered, and now they're comfortable enough to get rid of him. We don't think he'll get fired. We don't. We, we both agree on that, correct? Yeah, I don't think there's any chance they fire him just because the sheer money involved. I, I see what? their ceiling as a 7-6 and six right now, and obviously they're not happy with that, but I still mm-hmm. don't think that'll get them fired. What? 
what what does it take for him to get fired though or do you think there's just nothing because of the price or do you think they like the answers i could say are not appropriate for radio it would have to fair, it would yeah. have to be severe severe we'll call it severe personal misconduct yeah that's in order to get well, at that fired point it's for year. cause and they wouldn't they wouldn't have to pay any of that buyout Unless my agent was good enough at diluting evidence. Yes. Or, or by the way, if you didn't know, um, um, if you didn't know, Will Miller um, put his name into the running for the Mountain West Conference Commissioner. They declined him, but he has not declined yet. No. He has not accepted their. He has not accepted the um no from the application. Yeah, I, I really want to be the Mountain West Commissioner, guys. I'm focused. My goals are clear. We're going to turn San Diego State basketball into a powerhouse. The world is not ready. The world's not ready. No. And we are also going to expand the Boise State Stadium because more people deserve to see that blue turf in person. Even though they're pretty terrible football this year. Yeah. Hire Mark Helfrich. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Mark Helfrich. <laughs> yeah. What, isn't he still in the NFL? He's an analyst He's right an now. analyst. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he was with the Bears. I believe it was the Bears. For yeah, he was with the Bears for a bit. But yeah. he's not there. He's now on Fox or somebody, I okay. believe. Mark Helfrich, goodness gracious. The early playoff winning college football playoff winning head coach Mark Helfrich. Do we have to do you think he has that in his LinkedIn bio? Honestly, I would. I mean, why wouldn't you, right? Yeah. You need to you need to, I mean, look, the early 2010s kid in me needs to see him coach again. I mean, like it's funny if like these coaches have like LinkedIn's. I like to think like Scott Frost still has like all of his UCF stuff in there. No. I like to think 2017 national champion. Yeah, 2017, and like a guy like Mike Price would have like the all of his like Washington State stuff. No, no mention of there's just a career, few year gap. Ryan there. Leaf almost got the last playoff in the Rose Bowl. Almost did, yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious! And then turned into one of the biggest busts in the history of professional football. But an excellent person who is oh, that's true. Who is awesome? I give all the credit in the world to Ryan Leaf for the way that he's changed his trajectory around and taken initiative to better himself. Yeah, but this is something we can all learn from. With that being said, his time in the NFL was still not glamorous. Not at all. But one more thing about coach speak and the coach speak segment before we had we had to break. Brian, I, I'm once again, coach is just not making themselves fans with um, the media. Brian Harson has has allegedly, it was reported by SI, has allegedly um, not letting players redshirt, and he's basically saying, either play or you leave. And so this week they've had three players leave their 2021 class. Actually, they're um, the first class they brought in under um, Harson. Well, actually, it was like the year he got hired. It was really kind of Malzahn yeah. recruiting him. Over 11 of their 18 players have already left. So I want to get your thoughts on, A, is this redshirt rule from Harson? Um, do you think other schools are doing it and they're just being more quiet about it? And the reason why it's being publicized because it's Brian Harson, Or do you think this is actually, like, do you think it's wrong and Harson is in the wrong for this? I think the wheels were off in February for this Auburn program. We talked Hot about take. the wheels being off in Aggieland, but... I think that Brian Harson, honestly, is just trying to make a last stand, try to insert his definitive mark into this program before they fire him because it, it has more or less been written since the offseason that this is it for him at Auburn. And he's going to get fired. Stuff like this getting reported on obviously doesn't help him, but I don't really think it changes anything. He is on the hottest seat in college football. The fact of the matter is I think he knows it. He's not stupid. Mm -hmm. And he was a heck of a coach at Boise State for a lot of years. And I think this is just him trying to make a stand and say that, you know, I am I am the guy. I definitively am going to say what's what in this football program. I don't agree with the rule. I don't agree with 
what he's made them do. And I think he's in the wrong for it. But I'm at a point where I just think that this is a guy who's kind of a lame duck is the term. And yeah. uh, just kind of wants to do something definitive. And I, I don't like that he's doing that. But it, it, I am sure he's in one of those unenviable positions that you could think of for the past, what, eight months since February when they started spreading that around. You know what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. And tried to fire him then. And just knowing that the boosters, the administrators, many of those whose opinions matter are out to get you, that's not going to lead to good outcomes when you're setting what's what for the program. Yeah. And one one little thing of note, yesterday, Liberty just extended Hugh Freeze. So that takes... I mean, I think the buyout's not something crazy like $40 million. Auburn's not paying that. So now, I, want, I wonder who Auburn shifts to when they search for... I mean, you know, I think I've made it clear who I think Auburn should hire. Who would that be? I mean, Mr. Swack himself, Deion Sanders. And I know you have some very strong opinions against that. Well, I like Deion Sanders, and I believe that the things he's done for his, his program, not just the team, but, you know, the... The culture at Jackson State and the recognition of them that, you know, the recognition of HBCUs nationwide has been fantastic for collegiate sports, fantastic for recruiting, fantastic for the culture, whatever you want to say. It's been nothing but a positive, and I love the fit that Dion has been at Jackson State for those reasons and other reasons. Mm -hmm. But I just don't know if his coaching will translate to the SEC. Your transition from the FCS to the best league in football – and there's going to be a lot of questions about whether he can hold his own. And I would rather see Dion move if he wanted to go to the SEC eventually, maybe move up to a group of five team or something. I don't really know what that does for his career, but if he wanted to take the route, maybe move to a group of five or something, coach, see how that goes, see how it is kind of recruiting i mean he's already a great recruiter and he, yeah. i think he's still going to be a great recruiter but see how it is recruiting in other places and then obviously coach obviously have more challenging schedules then see where you stand and if you still want to take that leap yeah i i i genuinely and i know you vehemently disagree with this i think he wins the championship in this within his first four years of wherever he goes i think i think his coaching doesn't necessarily matter his x's and o's doesn't matter as much as his recruiting because the thing is, like, college football is all about recruiting. Like, that is the lifeblood. As someone who worked in recruiting for two years in college, like... This is why Lane Kiffin gets paid the big bucks. Yes, because he's a heck of a recruiter. He's good at selling... He's good at selling the family, selling the living room. I'll tell you this. Like, you can disagree You can disagree with this, but I know this for a fact. There is... Well, not fact, but a, a pretty good hunch that there's, there's, only two, there's only one coach that Nick Saban would stay up at night thinking about playing in his state. Coaching his stuff is in the state of him. Is it Deion Sanders? Is Deion Sanders? I mean, that's the only guy that's I could really out recruit Saban, in my opinion. Maybe oh, Kirby. I think Kirby, he, Kirby I think, that's different. No. Kirby. Kirby's I think that Deion Sanders could, if there were no money in it, Deion Sanders would almost certainly out recruit everybody. Yeah, and that's I think. The thing that's is, Auburn will put the resources him, yeah. behind him. They have the exactly. largest booster in America, and not America, but in the state of Alabama, the largest public university booster is Auburn's booster, Jimmy Rain Yellowwood himself. So. Definitely something to think about. When we return, though, we're going to get around the games of the nation, games around the nation, Ohio State, Penn State, Notre Dame, Syracuse, Oklahoma, Kansas State. So many more games, so many more games. Keep you here live on Game Day. WVUA-FM, Tuscaloosa. 
welcome back to game day, our last segment of the day here. And just as Brighton scores for the third time today is 3-0 over Chelsea. Sorry, <laughs> had that one playing playing in the background. Chelsea, you suck. Yeah, get Pulisic out of there. But anyway, we have you know we have a lot of good games on today. We have to start off with kind of the prime time game, the big noon kickoff of the day. Ohio State. Should we Penn, apologize Penn to Moran Sola for? trashing her yes we should. Uh, sorry more so when you eventually listen to this we apologize we we love Graham Potter anyway <laughs> Ohio State at Penn State um 11 o'clock on Fox this is a game where like I, I'm interested to hear what you think about this I don't know if it's a wide out necessarily it's 11 o'clock kick but it's, it's gonna be that's gonna be a ruckus cloud state college gets pretty loud what do you kind of think about this game well I think if there's one team in power five football that has another power five team's number I think it's Ohio State on Penn State mm-hmm I think if you look back at that 2017 game, which was when Ohio State came back from like a 18-point or 20-point deficit over Penn State, who was number two in the country at the time, and took revenge on the previous year's upset. From then on, I don't think Penn State has beaten them. And um, I also remember 2019, the infamous halfback draw on fourth and five. I know a certain small-town Alabama offensive coordinator who would call that play. Uh, But... Second off, I just think that Penn State is on a different level than Ohio State. And while their crowd is great, I don't think the team matches up this year or any other year that I have seen since they beat them in 2016. 2017, I thought, was the best shot, and Penn State wound up losing that. So I think that the crowd's efforts are going to be great. I think it's still one of the best atmospheres in the sport and will continue to be for big games for the foreseeable future. But I still think Ohio State is going to convincingly win the thing. Do you know what the um, the cheapest ticket to this game is? Am I going to guess? Yeah, guess. Get in is, I guess, 180 $29. Oh. Yeah, a 50-yard line seat is $41 right now wow. for that game. So, I don't know. I, Maybe I the kick time. Yeah, the kick time is 11 I mean, okay, I, I disagree with people saying kick times like, like, I don't know, like, I, I'm really frustrated with this idea that, kick, that the 11 a.m. slot is a bad slot. Because, like, we've seen, like, sure, like, some of those, like, Bama versus, like, Southern Miss. Those are sleepy games. Yeah, sure. But, like, you can't tell me Texas versus Alabama at 11 a.m. was a sleepy t- sleepy game. That was a – that was one of the loudest crowds this season. Probably second behind Tennessee, honestly, versus Alabama. I mean, you, you can't – I don't know. I, I don't like this idea that fans don't get up for games like this at 11 a.m. Because they, they, they do. I think they, get they up. do if it's a big game. And I exactly. think this crowd totally will. I don't think there's any doubt in that. I, it feels to me like – it's still going to be one of the raucous environments that people come to expect from what is a rivalry. I think that this is, even though, like I said, Ohio State's won the last several meetings, I don't think that takes away any of the Penn State, I want to beat you and I want to beat the snot out of you. And that, which to be fair, who doesn't feel that way about Ohio State? They are not really well loved. And uh, honestly, when I first got into football, I used to really like them. And then I actually... Actually, what started the downturn was when they beat us in the Sugar Bowl. Mm. Because I thought TCU got hosed from a playoff spot in 2014. I still think that TCU team wins the title if they play in the playoff that year. I really do. I love that take. I don't necessarily agree with you, because I, but I think they make things interesting. I think they're more... 
I think they're if you let's say replace. I mean, Florida State has to make it because of their schedule that year. And they were undefeated. Well, the they beat every. Okay, team take by three points. I love that we're discussing the 2014 playoffs here because this is something I am passionate about. I do think that Tennessee team or that TCU team makes the championship. I don't know if they win because I think that Ohio State team was just so talented. But man, under that under this situation, I'm proposing Ohio State doesn't. Who who was who was the was it isn't Quentin Johnson? It was Trayvon Boykin. Trayvon Boykin, yes. And I think that as good as the Alabama team was that year, I don't think that secondary stops him from hitting Colby Listenby for like three or four touchdowns. I really don't. Boykin Boykin was that type of guy that was like or Josh Doxson. Yeah, Boykin was that type of guy. And pulling up and no, the I got a four hundred four error from ESPN not showing me the stats, which totally just biased against. Okay, sports reference. Um, yeah, they they only lost one game. It was to at Baylor, number five Baylor, sixty one to fifty eight. Sixty one to fifty eight. Yeah, that I, once again, I love that we're talking about this because it's just this is hilarious. I just think they didn't put TCU in because they didn't put Baylor in, and it's like, well, TCU and Baylor are both eleven and one. They're co Big Twelve champions because back then they didn't have a conference title game for whatever reason, and so yeah, like, Josh Dotson had. Over a thousand yards receiving. Colby Listerbean had seventy or seven hundred fifty three. Gosh, yeah, no, Listen that team. So I think that team beats Bama. I, I mean, because Bama was still struggling with quarterbacks like that. I mean, look at that season with our um, number one quarterback, Nick was Marshall, Bradley Silve. Yeah, I mean, look, Bradley, I love Bradley Silve. I really do. I like do the you? guy. He stood. He picked the pass off in the Iron Bowl. I don't even care that they called was Auburn's possession. I love the guy, but I mean, he'd been hurt. And are you go- are you really going to expect somebody hurt to cover Josh Doxson or Colby Listenby? I mean, no. I would. I, I you'd have to double both of them. <laughs> Goodness gracious, no. But getting back, reeling it back into t- today's matchup. Do we think this game's? Cl- I think this game's close going into the fourth. I'm not saying that Penn State wins, but I think it's close. I don't think so. Penn State has one of the best front seven in college football that no one really talks about. And I think with losing Jackson Smith and Jigbo, at least for the foreseeable future. I mean, you still replace him with guys like Julian Philman and um, and Marvin Harrison Jr. I still, I, I think it's gonna be close. I think it's gonna be within a single point, like within like a um, like a one digit score. So like they they're down by seven going into the fourth type deal. But I think Ohio State wins. I think they pull out and win by like ten plus ish. I think it'll be a competitive first half. I think the real statement Penn State can make is going to be in the third quarter coming out of the locker room. Mm-hmm. That's going to decide whether this game's competitive or not, and I don't think it will be. I think it'll probably be like a seven-point game at the half, mm-hmm. but by the end of the third quarter, it'll probably be a 14- or 20-point game. Interesting. And uh, Penn it all, State It's all dependent it. on which um, Sean Clifford shows up. If it's a Sean Clifford against Auburn, then like – Penn State might have a shot to win the game, given us their home yeah. field. But – Man, it, it just depends a lot on that. So next game we have to talk about Arkansas-Auburn, 11 o'clock on the SEC Network. We've obviously you know sung the woes of Auburn pretty highly this, this morning, but I, I think this is a bounce-back game for Auburn. I, I'm not very high on this Arkansas team right now. I don't think they're, KJ Jefferson's playing. I don't know if that's been announced yet. I've looked around. If I he doesn't find, play, they lose. Yeah, the thing is – if They have not looked good without him. I think they kind of are lost without KJ Jefferson, which, I mean, who wouldn't be? Because yeah. that's a that's a great player, but I, I think I think he is returning today, or he will be playing. I bl- I'm not sure if he played against BYU. I sadly was not able to watch the B- yeah. Justin okay, KJ Jefferson did play, play against BYU. Yeah, I mean yeah, he played incredible. Three almost 400 yards for five touchdowns. Yeah, I mean he's he's an absolute game changer. Now that makes me change my opinion a little. Okay, um, I'm, I'm gonna still give it to Auburn. I still think Auburn bounces it's back. It's in here. Auburn, right? It's at Jordan Hare. It's an 11 a.m. kick. 
apparently rumor is and i know we have our friend of the show caden johnson has is going to be down there for this game so i'm sure really? we'll, we'll get updates from that yeah and i there apparently there's rumors of fans booing the team as they run out which i can actually the family i thought would never turn on their players i can actually tell you that that has happened that has already happened. Has like, happened. Is it mostly from just the student section? I assume. I think it's just usually. Yeah, I think it's generally just discontentment from. Because I know they're doing a navy out, which looks kind of stupid on TV. But then again, I'm not deciding that. But all right, I, I got Auburn winning. I think Auburn has somewhat of a bounce back game. I always think they steal one game a year where they shouldn't, and I think this may be the game. Full Miss 2014. Yeah. Tw- oh my goodness! It took a Laquan Treadwell just just shattered ankle fumble for that to happen do you remember that like it was yesterday <clears throat> i remember watching that and my dad and i were celebrating and then we look like and he and it was the correct call he fumbled he fumbled no it was the right call but it was just like i was so i i remember i think that game brought tears to my eyes. i was so angry as a little 13 you got chris frost celebrating like he just won a super bowl oh my god like, it was and then that that was bo wallace's year i think that was bo wallace's last year there and i remember <laughs> alabama fans hate have a um very strong discontentment for bo wallace but anyway yeah i have auburn winning i think you gotta admire how he showed up in the big game so he did yeah except the peach bowl it, <laughs> he did not show up in the peach bowl um i think i have auburn winning this like ugly like i think like 21 to like 17 type game i just think it's gonna be ugly football i could see another missouri game out of this now the only difference is kj is not the worst quarterback in the sec i don't think robbie is either though no disrespect to missouri but yeah whoever they tried out there is pretty terrible down there uh spencer rattler is down there too it's funny because sc is pretty good this year and spencer rattler is just all five and two and ranked haynes king's pretty is down there as well beamer ball beamer Dude, Beamer Ball is real. I don't care what anyone says. It is Beamer Ball is 100% real, and they just win games like by the stupidest ways. But you know what? They win. And I, my my friend always poses to me. Yes, my friend po- poses <laughs> the zero to zero like tight. Yeah, yeah. I, it took a second. I'm glad you understood that. <laughs> it. Me, and my friend were talking about this, and do you think if Shane Beamer is offered the Auburn job, does he take that? No, I absolutely. Are Auburn fans not. happy if he takes it? That's my. They wouldn't be. I, don't I think, think some will be. But it depends how they finish this. Some were happy out. when they hired Harson. If you're Shane Beamer and you're more or less college football royalty, I don't know why you'd want to interject yourself into a culture like the one at Auburn, where the boosters call all the shots and uh, you're constantly having a target on your back. Especially because you're going to succeed Brian Harson. You got to remember, whoever the next coach for Auburn is, are, are they in an unenviable position because they have to succeed whatever this disaster is that's going on right now. No, yeah, I agree. I. I I don't know. It's gonna be hard to find anyone. Um, apparently, just breaking news now. Um, Auburn is wearing orange face masks, so I mean they can't lose at this point. But anyway, <laughs> I no, I, I think I wonder if Beamer would actually be good there. I don't know. I really, I don't know. I I, th- I think Beamer's a really good coach. I just think I wouldn't be shocked if he lives if he stays at um, South Carolina for the rest of his career. I mean, he was his kids were born there, raised there. You know, I I just don't see him leaving. But yeah, I have I don't know. What's your prediction for this game again? Sorry. I believe that because Arkansas has KJ, they will win, but it'll be a single-digit margin. Interesting, interesting. I, I don't know. I just I have a feeling that Robbie Ashford's just going to pull something out, and it's just going to be kind of like an ugly. Once again, just an ugly football Is game. Is it going to be an Auburn football game, Garrett? Is it going to be an Auburn football game? I think so. I think it's going to be an Auburn football game. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, what's funny. I was looking down Auburn's schedule, and I was like, okay, let's 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 like predict the rest of the year, and I'm predicting it, and I was like, okay, like I was struggling to find some wins. 
And the one win I still had, I had, which I really still don't agree with, Western Kentucky, which I think Western Kentucky could go into Jordan Hare and actually like make it a game. I think they would make it like a really interesting game because they'll throw it. They will throw it 60 times a game, but they may only complete 10. I mean, of those they got Bailey Zappi into the NFL doing that. Dude, yeah. Bailey, they couldn't <laughs> help Bailey once the lights got bright, but they got him there. <laughs> oh, no, not the Bailey Zappi slander. Anyway, moving on, Oklahoma State at Kansas State. This game is... um. This game is going to be 2-3 on Fox. It's a game that I'm really interested in because... I see an upset. I, I see an upset, too. Well, it depends on who starts at quarterback here because Adrian Martinez, who's actually played an incredible season this far, I don't think he has one pick. He's a, he's a game-time decision. If he plays, then I, I think... That Ohio, means he plays. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree with you on that. I, I have Kansas State winning in a thriller. I think this could be like a 44-40 type game. Crazy. Kansas State's got to get their one yearly win over a top team. Yeah, they did it. They did it against Texas. I mean, what what's up? Or did they do it against Texas? No, they haven't even no. played Texas. Never mind. I don't know what else. Yeah. They lost TCU last week. That's what I'm thinking. They, they lost to Tulane and TCU, but they've beaten but Oklahoma. Tulane is ranked. That is still no. They are not ranked anymore. No. Oh, I guess they lost last week then. Yeah, Tulane is not ranked right now. They were last week. So, no, they are actually. They are 23rd. Oh, okay. So, fear the green wave. I mean, I guess the loss, if a loss to a group of five team can age, that's how it does. I mean, it aged well, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just, but yeah, I think we're on the same page there about that game. Um, another game I'm really interested in Georgia, Florida, the world's largest cocktail party, 230 on CBS. This game, this it feels like every year there's just something that happens in this game that's just you can't predict. In 2014, I know we have harped on that 2014 great season. football season by the way. Excellent a very football. bad Florida team, absolutely whacked an SEC East winning hopeful Georgia team by 18 points. They did. That Florida yeah. team was six and six headed into bowl season. <laughs> that was a really bad. I think that was um, what's his, was that Muschamp's last year? Believe so. Yeah. So. <laughs> what it what it got? Yeah, I've always I've always been a fan of Muschamp. Not because he's a good coach, because he's just hilarious. He's a meme. He is a meme. But no, I, I think this could be one of those games that goes sideways early on, and just a, something weird happens and it throws the rest of the game off. And it's like a weird fumble or a Stetson Bennett pick that just or or a Anthony Richardson masterclass of a play, and then a fumble on the next play. Maybe Anthony throws 300-something yards and three touchdowns, and he has his moment where everybody thinks he could be a Heisman candidate. I'm still thinking about that jump pass, that fake little pass spin thing he did against Utah. But anyway, I yeah, I agree. I think I think Georgia wins this. I think it's going to be like a 38-24 to 24 type game. Once again, a, fan, a game that, uh, that fans get frustrated about, but I think end up, you know, they win, so who really matters, you know? I think Georgia's going to win the game. It'll be a 10-point game. Uh, I'm going to go 30-20. to 30-20. 20. to 20. I like that. Yeah, sounds about right. And my my personal game of the week, Kentucky at Tennessee. Tennessee's wearing those beautiful black jerseys. You know, there's jokes that they were going to black off the stadium. I don't think that's going to happen. But on ESPN at 6 o'clock, I, 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 next week Tennessee plays Georgia. And that's obviously like outside of Alabama. That's one of the biggest games of the year for them. Do we see them kind of overlooking Kentucky? Because Will Levis is playing. He will be returning for this. Yes, that could happen. That I, could 100% happen. Well, I do think it's going to happen. They still have Jalen Hyatt. They have Cedric Tillman coming back. They still have I an extra running overlook back. overlook them, though. That's what I'm saying. Do we, do we think it's an overlook enough to lose? Depends how Hyatt plays. And if Tillman is really coming back, I would say no. Exactly. That's my thing. I, I just... 
this team is so talented and it's so funny like i was reading somewhere there's only been one team in the past um ever since like recruiting rankings have been created back like the 2001 there's only been one team that has never been that had, who wasn't in the top 10 in terms of like composite rankings of the team class to win a championship and you, can you tell me that team I'm sure it's this year's team with Tennessee. No, 2010 Auburn. 2010 oh. Auburn. Oh. Because that team just wasn't really that it's, talented. I mean, Tennessee could win it this year. Tennessee is ranked 19th, and they might, they would be the lowest ranked or the highest ranked, or I guess, yeah, the lowest ranked team ever to win a national championship if they were to win. I'm not predicting that now it's going to happen, but yeah, no. I think Tennessee does overlook them a little bit, but I still think they put up 45 points to where it really doesn't necessarily matter. My actual game of the week, not sickos, is Penn State and Ohio State. I just love watching that game. Mm-hmm. I want to. I, I, I want to convince myself that Penn State has a fighting chance, but and I have not convinced myself of that this time. <laughs> but it's still exciting for me to see that game, see that matchup, and uh, hopefully it's a good one, no matter who wins. I, I obviously don't have much stake in it, but. I'm just excited to see what goes down. There's always some dubious stuff that happens yeah. in the game, and so I, I'm I'm just ready for it. Before we leave, Anum Ole Miss, real quick score. Score. Let's see. Uh, Ole Miss forty-two, A and M seventeen. All right. Uh, yeah, I, Ole, around the same here. Michigan State at Michigan. Uh, Michigan is going to win. Score. Let's see. Twenty-four to. You know what? I'll say it's close. Seventeen. Interesting, interesting there. That's interesting. Mel Tucker's not had a great year. I have Michigan winning that one, and then I also have Ole Miss winning. But I have a keeping it close. I have a keeping it close to the most expect. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to our abridged version of Game Day. Will, thank you so much for joining me. Where can we find you? Uh, Instagram and Twitter is at RealWVMiller. And as we mentioned, you can catch me here Wednesday nights, 7, 8 p.m. Awesome. I'm Garrett, Fr- Garrett underscore Franks on Twitter. Follow me there. And, yeah, keep it here live on Game Day. WVUA-FM, Tuscaloosa.